Welcome back to You Gotta Meet Her podcast, season two. I'm so excited. My name is Christine Barr, and I guess I'm your hostess, um, your interviewer, your friend, your person that you're like, please stop talking so we can hear them. (laughs) I'm a rambler, maybe. Um, But I am so excited that we are able to get to this point. I never thought that we would be on season two. And I'm so happy that these women are still coming through. They're still answering questions. We're able to resonate with them. Oh, so excited. This season's a little bit different from the last season um, in the way that the questions are formed. You'll hear the many of the same questions that I asked in season one, but just a little bit different. Um, if you know that last season I had a couple of challenges put on me to have um, different walks of life. So we will be talking with mothers that have children in the LGBTQ community. We'll also be talking with people in the LGBTQ community as well. I also have a little surprise for you that's going to be coming out. Um, We're going to be talking with men. I know, Christine, the podcast is called You Gotta Meet Her, not You Gotta Meet Him. I don't want to hear about men. We always hear about them. Um, Yeah, I know, girlfriend, but I thought it would be kind of cool to ask men the same questions we ask the women. I'm not changing the questions for the men. They're going to have to answer the same questions. And um, I'm going to do it as a series so you don't have to worry about it um, conflicting with any of the amazing women. I will give them all of their platform that they deserve for being so courageous and honest on the podcast. I don't want to give too much away, but yes, we're doing it. Thank you for the support. Please go to You Gotta Meet Her Podcast Facebook group and join and be welcomed there. We have Soul Soul Song Sunday, tongue twister, um, where we'll be posting songs that are just touch your soul, that you need to dance around in your bra and panties while you're getting dressed or jam out in the car or, in my case, just literally belt it out while I'm singing. Um, You can make this list on your own Spotify or Amazon music playlist. It's out there for you um, so that you can do that. We also have a You Gotta Meet Her podcast book group. So you can go on there and see all the books that these women are listening to or reading or really interested in so that you can connect that way as well. I don't I don't know what else to say. Let's get started on season two. Hi, and welcome back to You Got to Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and today we are talking with Ebony. Ebony is a dear friend of mine. I, I laughed so hard. She can take me to that place where I can just, I can't stop cracking up. It's so funny. Um, she really, 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 I just, I, I don't know. I, how, do, how do I say this? She, her outlook on life cracks me up. 
And she's one of those people that can diagnose herself in her own mental state of where she was in that phase of her life. I know that I'm one of those people that I don't know what I was thinking when I did that or who I was during that phase of my life, but she was able to really explain how she felt and her thought process through it. I hope you enjoy her and I hope that you laugh just as hard as I'm laughing through this podcast. Um, And she gives you that warm feeling, but at the same time, you get to see her story in such a beautiful way. I, I hope that you get that from her. All right, let's jump in. You got to meet Ebony. with Ebony. Ebony, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I am a 40, young 40, mother of four, Mm -hmm. um, married mother of four. It's just so crazy because I absolutely hate my voice on like recordings and voicemails. (laughs) So I'm so nervous how this is going to sound. Don't be nervous. We were just talking. I know. Don't look at, don't even look at this. I'm not looking at it. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to So just tell me about you. Tell me something about you. Okay. So I am a Mother of four, married mm-hmm. mother of four. Um, I my oldest is nineteen. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter that's thirteen, a son that's eleven, and then a surprise blessing, <laughs> very big surprise <laughs> of a blessing of a four year old, a just newly turned four year old too. So it's nineteen to four years old as far as the age differences on my kids. So if I throw my husband in there, he's about a good 15, 16 <laughs> years old. <laughs> so I should say I'm a mother of five, but okay. yeah. A mother for, um, I am a paralegal, senior paralegal, proud to say. I finally made senior after 20 years. Um, and I work for, can I say? Yeah, you okay. can say whatever you want to. I work for the Pilots Union for American Airlines. So I am a paralegal that represents about 16,000 pilots that work for American Airlines. Um, I'm newly to Texas, I guess I can say. I don't know how, I don't know what's the, the like cutoff date where you're like, you say you're from Texas, but I've been here for eight, nine years now. Yeah, I think you're from Texas. <sighs> I don't know yet. What, two kids have been born here? One. Oh, okay. Well, no. And three okay. were born in Indiana, so technically, <laughs> I still say I'm from California. Okay, so, okay, okay. There, are, Where are you originally yeah. from? California. Okay. So, like, and once you're from Cali, you're always from Cali. Like, mm. even if you're from California for, like, two years, you were born there. <laughs> You're from Cali. Okay. Like you, yeah. So it's always like, what's that? What's coast? Like you always <laughs> are Cali. So I was born and raised in California. I was actually born in San Dimas. Well, to go back, I was born in Los Angeles, but we, I grew up to about fifth, sixth grade in um, San Dimas, California. And then we moved to Thousand Oaks, California. And I was there until I was a senior in high school. And okay. then actually we moved again because my dad's job at the time was moving him all around, um, to Sacramento, California, which I hated. Um, so that's, I was born and raised in California to the age of like 17, 18. And then I went to college. So where'd you go to college? I went to college in Indiana. And it's so weird because I know from California to Indiana is a very, very weird move. But my dad at the time growing up, he worked for GTE. What is that? General telephone. (laughs) Electricity. electricity, right? <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> just, just, 
go job. Go. I don't know. Like it's GTE. It used to be like I think it's like merged over the years and okay. it became like a Verizon and then uh, like oh, okay, but it was a, a telephone company. Yeah, okay. and, but for landlines, that was the main oh. thing. This was before cell phones, so he was he had been at that job for like 20, 30 years. So they and then I guess like when they started the whole like the whole merging, I think they did merge with Verizon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when like the job movement, the transfers started happening uh, as they were still trying to sustain as a company. So he worked there until, and then my senior year in high school, I was so upset because I went to, I was in Thousand Oaks, California from the age of uh, what, 11, maybe 10, all the way to my senior year. So, you know, everyone I went to sixth grade through mm-hmm. 11th grade, you know, that I had grown up with. I had to move my senior year to Sacramento because my dad's job transferred. Uh, so I had to go to a completely different school in Sacramento for my last year of high school with people mm-hmm. I had no freaking clue who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they transferred him to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, so after graduation, we moved to Fort Wayne. I was in Fort Wayne for like a good year. And I was thinking, fuck <laughs> this. Like this, excuse my French. This is the worst city I've ever been in my life. It's Fort Wayne, Indiana. <laughs> I hate if anybody's from Fort Wayne, they'll understand what I'm saying. Because I mean, you're not gonna apologize for no, saying you hate it. You're just no, like you understand how it. No, if you're from Fort Wayne, I I'm sorry, and you know what I'm talking about. But it is, it, is, it was the biggest culture shock of my life. I mean, growing mm-hmm. up in California, you know, yeah. it's like the you know melting mix pot, whatever. Right. So it wasn't even so much like culturally, like the it was just black and white in Fort Wayne. It was just the they were. <laughs> it's a different breed of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went from California, you know, where people are hang at the you know beach, the malls, whatever, to Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I kid you not, every Friday night, people would gather at a gas station <laughs> after it closed. Swear. And that was literally like the hot spot on the weekends was a ga- a BP gas station. So people would like bring their cars and their rims and everything and their music. And they would park in the gas station, yeah. stand outside of their cars and congregate. And that was like the party. Oh. So the first time I went to that, I was like, so what, uh, this like a pre-stop? We're about right. to go to the club? And they're like, no, this is it. So we're going to sit here and back then smoke and drink at a gas station? <laughs> Am I the only one that sees a foul here? Like, you know, so I hated Fort Wayne. So quickly, a year into Fort Wayne, I got the hell up out of there. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so no, sorry. Go ahead. It's true, though. It's I know. True. I know. That's it why it's so a, funny. It's, it's an ugly city, and the people are just different. So, and not even just being from California. If I was from another part of Indiana, I would still say the same thing. I moved other places in Indiana, and none were like Fort uh, Wayne. Okay, okay. It was okay. just like a whole different breed of people. Right. Sorry, not sorry on that one. So I left from Fort Wayne quickly and went to Ball State University, which is in Muncie. Muncie, Indiana is just a small city. Um, And the main part, of course, of the city is just Ball State University. And I had a blast at Ball State. I'm not going to lie to you. Ball State was amazing to me. Like, I had too much fun, like, where I was on academic probation. Yeah. (laughs) Probably the whole time. (laughs) Because, you know, I... I was just, yeah, I had too much fun. So um, I went, stayed at Ball State, but I, I finished my bachelor's, bachelor's degree at IU um, because my sophomore year at Ball State, I found out I was pregnant with my oldest son. Mm-hmm. 
So changed plans a little bit. Um, I moved in with my grandmother for a little bit and then started working a full-time job and still taking classes at IU, which is, it's actually called IUPUI. It's in Indianapolis and it's like a branch off school of IU. So Mm -hmm. it's a satellite base and completed my bachelor's degree. And then I went on to grad school and completed my master's degree there. And then about a Two years, a year and a half, two years after I completed my master's degree, I got the help out of Indiana. <laughs> I came to Texas um, for various reasons, but opportunity was the main one, but also because it was just Indiana. So, yeah, um, a little different. But I, I stayed for a good 10 years and met actually, you know, some of my closest friends in life there. Two of my best, best friends still live there. Um, I also got married there and had three kids. Yeah. Um, I got divorced there, too. Yeah. So it's a lot, you know, there's a lot that I experienced and left in Indiana. But if anybody asks now, where are you from? I'm always going to say California. Yeah. Like, I had a couple pit stops here and there, but that's home. Home to me is California. Okay. So that was a lot, and I have a lot of questions. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, there's so many questions. Yeah. We never talk about this. We talk about shit, but we never get to I know. I'm super excited. Yes. Okay. So tell me about that that shock from going, you said Los Angeles or Thousand Oaks? Thousand Oaks, yeah. And then you moved to Sacramento. Yeah. Okay. So I've never been to California. Yeah. What are the difference between those two cities? At, uh, night and day. Okay. I, I think now, though, I mean, I've, I'm, of course, I'm years removed from there but now i think sacramento is definitely um it's definitely changed a lot so it's bigger and busier and the population is increasing it's definitely changed present day but when i was in high school um 95 96 my senior year it was um southern california and northern california are completely different um Southern California is definitely kind of what you see on TV, the whole like beach, you know, Santa Monica, LA life, you know, it's totally different. Sacramento at the time was like farm life. Uh, It was completely country. I actually went to a school called Elk Grove, which is right outside of Sacramento, the suburbs. Um, And (laughs) the first day I walked on campus, I saw guys with like cowboy jeans on and yeah. cowboy boots and they had like tobacco in their mouth and they're spitting in cans and I'm like what the <laughs> hell that? is this still California right you right. know so I'm like I have like on Chuck Taylor's yeah. and you know maybe a Lakers jersey so and they're looking at me like where the hell is she from you know bamboo earrings right and so I definitely suck out there was no black people that went to that high school oh None. wow okay that was my no next question. I think there was like five okay in all four grades so it was just Culture was like, this is, I went from LA, where it's every, you know, I grew up around Hawaiian, you know, Latino, Asian, every type of race you could imagine is what I grew up with. And then I went to Sacramento and it was like a completely different scene. It was mm. all white, very country, very far, I mean, actual hay and stuff. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know California had hay. I'm like, what? There are farms in California? <laughs> Like, I was, my parents were probably like, we needed to get her out more, but I was just shocked. Like, what the hell am I? Yeah. So it was completely different. Yeah. So. Were they accepting? And I'm not, and I'm not trying to make this a race thing. I'm just yeah. saying, like, did you make friends? Like, I, you know what? I only made friends with the black people that were at the school. Uh, okay. So yeah, they weren't actually, yeah. they were not accepting. They were yeah. not. I mean, it was, that was like, I guess when the first, it, 
the areas, Sacramento and surrounding areas were just starting to kind of grow. So I think they were just as shocked to see me there (laughs) as I was to see what they look like there. And they weren't like the normal, you know, accepting Southern Cal type Mm. of people where, you know, you don't, you know, everybody's accepted, gay, straight, black, white, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's it's a little bit of everything in Southern California. Right. Northern California, not, not the Bay Area. This is Sacramento area. It wasn't like that when I was in high school. So no, it was, it was, they weren't accepting, to be honest with you. They absolutely were not. Yeah. Um, But, and not, not just because of your ethnic background, but like if, would someone feel comfortable coming out there? At that time, no. No. And I and I definitely actually attribute that to race back then, though. I think it it was more anybody else that would. I think if you okay, no, I'll put it this way. I'm not gonna say like, oh, they were racist and they did this and they said, but it definitely wasn't an acceptance because I think at that time that area, especially outside of Sacramento, hadn't really been around other cultures. Mm. So no, I don't think if you're of another culture, you would have felt comfortable yeah. moving there at that time. Um, but if you were possibly white at that time, moving there to new school, you probably would have been accepted immediately. Right. But no, I definitely think it was purely based Race. on the culture right. that, at that time. Right. I don't think it's like that way anymore, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because the state to me is complex. You and so the whole state you would think is like liberal, you know, right. and no, but Sacramento was the total opposite. It was okay. the total opposite. It was scary. You know, it was to the point where I really had to, like, look at a map and see that, no, it's really it within the lines of the state. Yeah. But, no, it was it was definitely more backwards. It was country. It was outdated. Um, I mean, shit, I, I, the, guy, the kids in high school were eating chew. And I'm like, who does that? At, you know, you're a freshman and you got a spit can. You know, I'm from California where you if you don't recycle. You know, I'm from Southern Cal. So, like, if you throw a can and recycle it, like, you would have... Not even just PETA. I mean, we have all kinds of different like organizations. Like, what are you doing? Recycle! You're gonna kill the seagulls, you know. <laughs> but then you go up to Sacramento, and they're like spitting in cans and throwing the cans on the ground. I'm like, well, this is definitely not the same state. So no, it was they didn't accept me, and I'm not even gonna say I accepted them. Okay, it was okay. kind of neutral. It's kind of like, eh. Yeah. You're not my cup of tea either, so just keep it pushing. Right. Okay, so switching gears a little bit. Sorry, the seagulls got me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kill a seagull. Right. Okay, um, you go to Indiana, so how do you get pregnant? Oh, girl. Well, I know how you Right, get I was going to say, well, well <laughs> like, how much what, time what was, <laughs> um, Like, how did that process, was it someone that you had met in school? Or, yeah, so okay. I, okay, so the first two years of my First two years at Ball State University, I actually, well, I'll say it. I met a guy that I dated um, for almost the whole two years, my mm-hmm. first two years there, that was from Fort Wayne, <laughs> just by chance. I met him, though, at Ball State, not in Fort Wayne, right? <laughs> and, you know, that was like my first real boyfriend because mm-hmm. I, my parents were very, very, very sheltered. Like, they sheltered the crap out of me. Like, it was softball, church. And home that was mm. it like we weren't even allowed, I wasn't even allowed to go to slumber parties growing up yeah because my parents were just like they just you know my yeah. mom watched still watches a lot of dateline like she just automatically thought you know the worst of everything so we were not I, I was very sheltered so I didn't have boyfriends in high school and then we moved you know I'm, I didn't date a country boy with you know a chew can <laughs> in high school and then Thousand Oaks was also predominantly white so I yeah. didn't have boyfriends in high school right. I, I really didn't 
So he was my first boyfriend, boyfriend relationship. So mm -hmm. I'm coming from a very sheltered home into a very unsheltered environment. And he was the first guy I kind of gravitated to. And it, unfortunately, it was a very um, unhealthy relationship after about a good year. Mm -hmm. um, he was really, he became abusive, mm -hmm. really abusive. And that was my first experience of ever even being in that type of relationship. So I'm, you know, thousands of miles away from home and I'm with this guy that's like fighting me. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, a very difficult start of life for me. Mm -hmm. um, I ended the relationship when I finally had had enough and I called the police at one time and he went to jail. And actually, I'll tell you what he did that actually, I mean, the fighting part, you know, I'm not saying I can hold my own, but it, I gave him a run for his money. It was right. never just like a slap down. Like it was a full on, like we got yeah. brawls. But the, <laughs> the one thing that did it for me is one time in a, during an argument, he spit in my face. Mm. And I don't know what that did to me, but I like any bruise can heal any, you know, cut. But that spit in my face was just the most degrading thing I'd ever experienced in my life because I was thinking, you don't even spit on a dog. Like, right. I called the cops on that. Yeah. I didn't call the cops for anything else we went through, but that yeah. I called the cops and they arrested him. You know? Oh, wow. All that's, you know, assault with the bodily fluid, like yeah. literally. So they arrested him and I left Ball State. I left and mm -hmm. I went back home to California for like six months um, to kind of I, I, to get my mind right, to kind of get back to why I went to Ball State in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I went back after six months to Ball State. And in the process, I was still staying with my grandmother who lived about 45 minutes from Ball State in Indianapolis. And I would go to her house on the weekends and, you know, just to kind of get some good grandma love and whatever, eat. And I met my first husband. Um, he lived behind my grandmother's house. He had a, he was in an apartment behind my grandmother's house. So every weekend I would leave Ball State and go down to my grandmother's house and see him. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't not even a year. Okay. Like literally six months into dating him, I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. So um, I found out I was pregnant with him, with my oldest son. And that was difficult because I was still in college and... At the time, my first husband, their dad, didn't want a relationship. You know, we both weren't planning on that to happen. So it was a long period of time where we didn't even speak. Like, I didn't, we didn't even speak the whole time I was pregnant until eight months, nine months. When I finally told him, like, hey, just so you know, I am still pregnant and mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to have a baby. And that's, like, the first time we saw each other, like, six months, seven months. Wow. Yeah. And then we didn't. We still stayed together, but we didn't actually get married until my oldest son was like five or six because mm -hmm. it was a, you know, it was a little bit of a process with him. But um, I don't know. My son is the best thing that's ever in my life happened to me. And honestly, that's the only reason why I finished school mm. was because now I'm looking at somebody that's holding me, holding me accountable for, you know, doing my best to provide a life for him. And I wasn't with his dad like that. You know, we were dating here and there, but I knew he had other women mm -hmm. I found that out which is can I tell you that story really quick though yes tell me oh I want to hear so, all of it I was so I had my son in May of 2001 and okay so my you know he, the his dad his dad was there and um at the hospital I had him he didn't stay all night like my mom was there you know mm -hmm. she kind of was like giving him that look like okay you're the dad but get the hell out of here mm -hmm. but um so he was there whatever signed a birth certificate you know was bonding 
me and um, Xavier, my oldest, we went to California for a couple months just, you know, because I was healing from a C-section and all that and came back and me and his dad, um, when I came back to Indiana, I think Xavier was about six months, we started like, you know, really working on a relationship for his sake, for what I thought. And it was probably a year later, I think Xavier was probably one and a half, almost two. And we were sitting there, and, and this time, you know, we were dating because I even had a key to his house. You okay. know, like we were dating. Okay. It was a serious relationship. Yeah, at, yeah. From what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So but it was crazy because when I actually would t- when I took Xavier around his family for the first time, they one of his cousins said, "I thought you had a girl," and he was like, "No, like why would you say that?" I, mm. was, you know, son. he was probably like six months at the time. Right. Never down on me, right? So one day we're sitting there and watching TV, and um, it was Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. And somebody, you know, attorney, whatever. Yeah. And I made a joke like, huh, that's crazy. I'm glad you don't have any other kids out there, right? Right. And his re- reply was, well, I don't know. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Verbatim. Well, I don't know. And I'm thinking, Wait, I'm just getting ready to go downstairs and like make macaroni and cheese. Like, I was making a joke. Like, what do you mean you don't know? I was, ta- I was, you know, that wasn't yeah. a serious statement. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I don't know. And I, okay, please tell me what you're talking about. So, of course, he goes on to this whole story. Well, there's this girl that I knew from the, you know, neighborhood, and she claims that I'm a, you know, dad, father to her daughter or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. She was kind of a hoe, and I'm like, what? Right. So, of course, he continues to lie about it. Well, at the time, I was working at the trustee office in Indiana, so I had access to, like, anybody's records that ever had, like, any... <laughs> Um, government assistance. Oh, okay. So I Googled the girl's name. I Googled on my database the girl's name. Like, of course, she had been in there before, right? So I looked her up and found, like, her name and everything. Yeah. I went that same day. I went to the Indianapolis Public Library. I went downstairs in the basement. You know those old school films yeah, yeah, that yeah. you had to, like, turn the knob mm-hmm. for the... I went through all the newspapers in the last two years, birth announcements, and found my, I found his name and this girl's name announcing the birth of their daughter, oh who happened goodness. to be two months younger than, oh, my, than my son. Oh. So he had another girl pregnant at the same time I was oh. pregnant with my son. Do you son. think that's why he wasn't talking to you while you were yeah. pregnant? Oh, he yeah. Like, and he didn't want her to find out about me. Yeah. Because we had kind of just started our you know, yeah. dating. And I think he had already been with this girl for a while. Oh. And the crazy part is once everything came out, because of course at that point, oh, I printed that bad boy off. <laughs> I called the girl's number because I found her number, called her. <laughs> She's in shock. I'm in shock. And I'm like, hold on just a minute. I have a key to his house. I walk in the door and I hand him the phone, and you would doubt he saw a ghost. Like, he was just like, uh, <laughs> duh, duh, and just hung up on her. But, yeah, he, my son was born in May. Her daughter was born in July. Oh, my and God. And the crazy part is we actually had the babies on the same floor at the same hospital. So my kid's father and my ex-husband was, at the time, he said he was so scared when he had to go back to the hospital when she had her daughter because he thought the staff and the nurses would recognize him as being oh. there with me just two months ago. Yeah, this all came out. Oh, yeah, it was so yes. wild. And then the wild part is I married him three years later. There you go. <laughs> like, but, literally. I mean, what did she do? Like, did the did the kids know each other? They did, yeah. They, oh, yeah, they know each other. And, um, of course, at the time, we both cut him out of the picture. Like, right. oh, he's a dog. I don't right. want him, girl. You don't yeah. want him. You don't need him, girl. Yeah, whatever. But then I'm, you know, 
Yeah. Right. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't want him, but I'm also in Indiana, thousands of miles away from home now with, as a single mother, like I need him a little bit. You yeah. know, I thought I did. I didn't really yeah. need him, but at that time, my 22 year old mind thought I did need him. Right. Um. But yeah, no. So we met up, actually, we met up at Chuck E. Cheese the yeah. next day. We brought the kids together. And when I met her, my first reaction was, oh my God, because she had a tattoo across her neck of his name. Ah! Ew! I know. Ew! And oh. I, at that point, I almost want to say, girl, you can have him because you obviously love him a lot more than me. Because <laughs> never That's across. That's so gross! Yeah. And if I tell you the name, it was really bad because it was his nickname. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me! Girl, Pee Wee. <laughs> she had Pee Wee across her neck. <laughs> I swear to God. She had How do you say this with a straight face? I, because you know I am over here. It is like my friends always like, you need to write a book. And I'm like, people wouldn't believe if I wrote it anyway. But no, she had the name Peely across her neck. And I couldn't even look at the little baby girl because I was just so stunned at her neck. I'm like, you love him this much when you put Peely on your neck. Like, you won. Oh you could have him because I will never be to that point was ever. Was she older, younger? Like, she was actually this around the same age. Okay, as me. okay. She's around the same age. Um, and I felt bad for her too because she was really hurt because she had been yeah. with him for like four or five years. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, yeah. stepped onto the scene. You were at your know? grandma's house. I'm just saying, yeah. like, they weren't ready for me. You know what I mean? Like, California came to nap. Like, they weren't ready. So I felt, I felt bad because I didn't know about her. Right, right. You know, but. He didn't really want to be with her. And mm-hmm. it was obvious um, because he pursued me so hard after. Uh, you know, oh, it was just, I mean, and I had talked to her. She moved on to, you know, she actually went on to get married as well to someone mm-hmm. else. But I don't know. I think they still always screwed around. That's yeah. just unfortunate. But um, we, he kept pursuing me because he, you know, I was just graduating college and he just really wanted to pursue something with me. Yeah. Opportunity probably. But yeah. You know, whatever. Right. And um, so we ended up after maybe about a year after that, started to date again and um ended up getting married like a few years after that. And then we had my thirteen year old daughter and my eleven year old son. Okay. During our marriage. But yeah. um we've separated when my youngest or my eleven year old was probably like one. Okay. Yeah, I tried. I really did try. I tried really hard with that marriage to try to make it work. At least, you know, we always save for our kids. Mm-hmm. But um, I, could, I, I could never get over that. In the back of my mind, I accepted his daughter. I mean, like, she was around me and mm-hmm. in my household, and I love her, you know. Love her death. But, like, I could never, I could never trust him. I could never, you know. That was not just a lie. Like, that was a lie for two years that he kept and hid from me, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that's the answer mm-hmm. to that one. Oh Sorry. my god! Yeah, that's no. how he, that's how he came about. So he came about like it, it was a shock. You know, I didn't even know I was pregnant with my um, oldest because I was at the time while I was in school, I was had an apartment with my sister at the time, and she said, "Have you noticed that you haven't had a cycle in a couple months?" And I'm like, "Huh?" She's because like, we sh- of course share the same yeah feminine products, yeah. right? She goes, well, I've been the only one that's been using the boxes underneath the sink. And I'm like, huh, I guess you're right. I don't know how long it's been. So you weren't sick or anything? No, I wasn't nothing. I found, I mean, I was partying my butt off. <laughs> like, literally. I was I was, having, I was living my best life. Like, <laughs> that's when, like, Bombay Gym was out. Like, I was living my best life. 
So I had no clue. And literally when she told me this, I was hung over. Like the next oh. one, I was like, oh, I guess you're right. So then I'm to the doctor like a week later and they're like, oh, you're like nine weeks pregnant. I'm like, huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. I was like, well, wait a minute. I didn't know this for that. And then, of course, as soon as I found out, then all of a sudden now I have like morning sickness. Yeah. And, you know, all the symptoms came. But no, I didn't even know. Wow. I, yeah. You were like your, through your first trimester. Before Already. You even yeah. know, like. I was almost done. <laughs> so I bet that seemed like a short pregnancy then. Did it seem like a full nine months? I feel like it did. Every pregnancy <laughs> for me feels like 25 months. Like, I hate, I am not one of these people that like, oh, I love being pregnant. It feels, no, <laughs> I, <laughs> I despise it. And people that like have not had kids that I'm around at times, they're like, oh, I want kids. And I'm like, be careful because <laughs> don't let people fool you. It's not what people like. Yeah. The first butterflies you feel, oh, I feel so good. But everything after that sucks. <laughs> You know, you have fluids coming from different holes. You didn't even know leaked. Like, <laughs> everything about being pregnant from the swollen ankles to just be uncomfortable, just it sucked. So, no, like, every pregnancy I've had, I have felt every single minute of it. Every single minute. Like, no. Not at all. Especially my last one. That was horrible. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh no, god, you're great. Oh shit. Okay, let's move on. Sorry. Wait, no, I'm like I can't wait to hear like to go back to I'm listen so, um, to this. You know what? And um, you know how I am, Christine. So I'm so scared to go back and hear this like, oh god, did I really say that? No, right. no, 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 no. This is just being honest. Yeah, no, honest. we're being honest. No, it's just the whole like I felt every moment of every pregnancy. Yeah. And I feel that so clean <laughs> to my core. That's why it's so funny. Yeah, it was oh. a beautiful thing. I, I oh. didn't get that experience. It wasn't pretty. No. I can't, I can't see my, oh, God. I can't even see my private area, like, my <laughs> privacy, like, I, this is not enjoyable to me. Okay, let's move, <laughs> let's move on to another subject okay. so that my cheeks can, like, get Okay, okay I'm sorry. Okay, Best no. behavior. Got no, it. no, 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 no. So let's talk about stereotypes okay. versus how you see yourself in media versus real life. Like, okay. do you see yourself in media? Sorry, I'm still trying to get my cheeks from hurting. <laughs> Do you see yourself in media and like what would you want to see more in media mm. that would be like you? Uh God, stereotypes are so many. Um Wait, what's the biggest stereotype you think that people category as category put you in that category? Yeah. Um I think in general, being a especially a, a black woman that's a professional that's you know trying to survive in corporate America. Yeah. Um it's the stigma of an angry black woman that really bothers me. Um, I think we get put in that box way too often. Like we're all, you know, it, we cannot have a disagreement without being aggressive or violent mm-hmm. or just angry and mad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you no know, fuck that you have an opinion, right? You know, right. but even if you say that with just an elevation in your voice, it's like, oh, she's a she's a mad black woman. She's angry. Right. Um, that's a very hard stereotype to unteach people because you're human too so it's like 
you're not going to run over me and have me just in there smiling, thinking like, oh, okay, everything's just great. Just take it. Just, yeah, because yeah. you don't want that stigma. No. Like, so it's hard just to kind of stand up for yourself and be boisterous in a in, in corporate, corporate or business in general without at times being viewed as an angry black woman. But there's a lot of stereotypes that like, I think the biggest like misconception for me a lot of, a lot of the times just with culture being black is um, the the misconception that like slavery is pretty much the gist of our history. You know, like, mm. oh, that's what they came from. That like, There's so many things about African-American history that were never ever even taught or even come to touch the surface of really who we are culturally. And I think from the ignorance of not knowing that come the stereotypes of like the violent, um, the violent, aggressive black man that's always a criminal. And it's always a kind of a fear of a black man because he's a violent guy or he's, you know, mm-hmm. um, and even to when I was at, there was a point from, I got divorced. I had the three kids from my previous husband. So I was single for a good five years um, before I remarried my current husband. And so as a single mother, I, it bothered me as far as like stereotypes that like, especially black single mothers rely on the system mm. and there's, you know, a horrible stereotype of them being lazy and, you know, um, and at the time I'm like, I just finished my master's degree. I don't want anything from the system besides to make my own system and make my own money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was always kind of a pity pass, you know, like, Oh, you're you know, a black single mother. You must be, no, honey, struggling. no, girl, yeah. I'm working my butt off. I'm right. working my butt off and I'm holding my own. And I don't need any man or anything to come in and save me because, you know, we're, we're viewed differently. You know, the, the media portrays it totally different than what it really is. There's a lot of single mothers like myself that are holding it down, not just, you know, financially, but holding it down, period, without a handout. And, you know, I was reading something the other day, like, I think it's less than a quarter of the African-American population is actually below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. You would never know that looking at media right. and how we're stereotyped. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, like I said, I think it comes from a lack of knowledge of knowing what our history truly is. Mm-hmm. I was blessed with parents that made sure to always teach me my history. You know, every Saturday for like years in high school, we had to go to NAACP Saturday school for four hours where they would teach us about African-American history, you know, and Kwanzaa and all the different stuff, stuff that, you know, we didn't learn in school because, of course, in school, it's just, you know. Slavery, MLK, Rosa Parks, yeah. you know, the end. But um, it, those bother me. Um, I hate the misconception as or <laughs> as a mom that you like kids. <laughs> like, oh, no. It's not true at like all. Kids. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is I tell people that sometimes, like, well, you have four of them. Well, I didn't say I didn't like making kids. <laughs> that's, that's not what I said. That's the best part of it. That's, the, that's why I have four. <laughs> I enjoy that. But the part is, I don't like kids. Yeah. You know, I don't like your kids. I don't like my kids. I don't like kids, period. I love my kids. And right. I would never harm a kid in my life. But right. I, I don't like kids. Yeah. And people are shocked, I think, sometimes when they hear a mother say that. Like, how could you say that as a mother? Easy. <laughs> Bring your kid around me and I'll show you. I don't like kids. Hey. <laughs> I don't like a little germy kid around me. Like, I don't like kids. You know, I cuss. I don't say the appropriate things, you know. <laughs> Kennedy language. I know. <laughs> you know, and I'm around Kennedy, like scared. I'm like, oh, sorry, Kenny. I'm apologizing to a five year old because I said that for it. I'm like, you know what? 
Right. But right. I love I love but I love her. You know, right. I love her personality. Like there's things about kids I love, but in general, I don't no, like kids. Same. I'm not a babysitter. I don't want your kid over my house. Like unless it's to play with my kids. But when right. it comes to just like watching them, good luck. No. You know, I, I have a strict rule. Do not leave your kids with me if they can't take care of themselves. There you go. There you go. Like that's a if I'm they can't if they can't sleep with the lights off, if they can't go to the restroom by themselves, right. if they can't look into my refrigerator and make their own bowl of cereal, if they need right. help exactly. brushing their teeth, I am not the person to watch your kid. Me either. If they don't know how to take a shower on their own, right. they'll come back smelling like ass. <laughs> I am not going to monitor them showering on my time. If I even come out my room. Because if they're playing, <laughs> I probably won't even come out my room. I would just only come out if I hear screaming and no movement after. But even if I hear screaming... And crying, I don't necessarily always come out because that means you're breathing. <laughs> so you're breathing, you're achieving. Like, is there really a need for me to come out my bedroom at this point? When the when the crying stops, that's when I get up. You know, before then, <laughs> like, hold a second. I heard a thud and I ain't heard nothing else. Like, maybe this is the time <laughs> where I need to go check. But if you're crying, oh I know you're okay. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, I'm not. That's a big mistake. I'm like, oh, you have to like like kids if you're a mom. Like, no, you don't actually. Yeah. Um. I mean, I can go on and on about stereotypes, especially for African Americans. Okay, so, no, but, like, I have a question for you. So, what would you like to see more of yourself, you as Ebony, in media? Oh, God. Like, take race away. Take, yeah. And that's not necessarily, like, not you are not black, but you know what I'm saying. Like, right. that's something that I feel like is such a big cultural thing that right. we have to deal with but it's not necessarily just in the black community right. Right. it's the hispanic community right. it's even the white community right right oh, you know absolutely. like every community has a stereotype that they're always yes. trying to fight against right so i, I think that's a, a very good point and i thank you for bringing that up yeah. but for you personally what is something that you would like to see more of yourself in media wow that's a good question. Wow. Um, and I think sometimes as a, as a mother, you don't even know. I'm not saying who you are, but like what you are. It's kind of like um, when someone will ask me, like, well, what do you enjoy doing? I don't even have a good answer because I don't know what I enjoy because I've only always enjoyed providing for my children. Mm -hmm. um, so it's crazy when you ask me that. I'm trying to think really who I am or how I'm portrayed in general, mm -hmm. um, and how would I even want to see that? Because I, I, I could easily say, oh, you know, thick women or mm -hmm. what? Yeah, that's easy. You know, I don't. That's I can care less if there's more thick plus size women in, in the media. I don't give a damn. Okay. Um, that doesn't. No, I don't need to be portrayed. That's a good question. I don't know. Um, and also too, I guess I'm taken seriously. Yeah. Um. And that's not so much race, too. It's also just, I think, sex, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we joke about being boss bitches, but, like, no, legit. Like, I think a lot of times we have to work, you know, twice as hard to get half sometimes of what mm -hmm. other people get easily. And I think at times I'm not taking – people put it this way. If I – when I meet someone, especially through my job, and we start discussing things and they find out they have a master's degree, the first thing, usually the first reaction is their eyes get big, like, oh, really? As a shock. Yeah. You know, like, why are you shocked that I have, a, you know, right. I furthered my education? So maybe that, like, maybe showing that more women and, and, and still African American women um, do proceed, pursue, you know, degrees in different areas and be taken a little more seriously in public, especially in the media. You know, it's, uh, in the, they are quick to point out um, things that fit the stereotype 
for women and African-American women, but they're, they're not as quick to point out the seriousness of like a lot, a lot of us have with our careers and with mm-hmm. our families. And, mm-hmm. you know, I run a strict household and, you know, my kids, you know, they have to be in by 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you know, like um, maybe that aspect, just to be taken more seriously, like um, not so much equal, like we both, whatever, right? but just serious. Like I'm I had to say, I'm serious about my shit, you know, right. about my kids, about my husband, about my family. I'm serious about my stuff. Saying a joke to me. And a lot of times I think the media is portrayed as like, we're not as serious. Oh, we're you know, more hands off of approach. No, right. I'm very hands on with my kids. Right. I would like to piggyback on that because on episode one with Jenny, she was a single mom too. Right. And she used pure romance to build her, her business. Yeah. I like the interview. And right. And her children also saved her. And this is a reoccurring yeah. thing that yeah. the kids are what we're fighting for as right. women. And they're pulling us out of whatever we were going through. And I remember her even saying that that's like a reason why yeah. you stay. Right. 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 Is, and But yet they can be the reason why you leave. Absolutely. But with the being serious and being taken seriously, something that pisses me off, what? like no fucking rule, what? is when people assume that the only reason why I'm able to do my business, the only reason why I am able to do this is because of my husband. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Fuck you. Right. No. Fuck you. That's a big misconception for a lot of women that are able to either work from home or stay at home. Right. You know, because they're, I think even if you're just staying at home, a stay at home mom, you're still working. You're still getting a paycheck. No, I think it's it's the worst job to ever have. $120,000 worth of a job. Everything that a mom does. Yeah, millions. But I mean, like if you were to hire, cut that out. Yeah. I think it's like, I think they said it's like worth 120 grand a year. Uber, cook, clean, I mean, everything. So hands off. Nanny, butler. Sometimes you're a cosmetologist. Sometimes you're a barber. You're everything. Like you gotta be everything. You know, right, you have to right. wear all the different hats, right, and then still support your man when he comes home from right, girl, and yeah. ask him how his fucking day is. Like you care? No, I, I don't. don't. I um, don't fucking care how your day was. I but I'm gonna ask it because that's what you need. Exactly. Yeah. So I, no, I think that's like the hardest job. And right. So, but I can and I'm tell, not strong enough for it. I don't either. <laughs> that's why I have always worked. Like I'm talking about six weeks after maternity leave. I'm like, I'm ready to come back. Literally. This is not for me. No, kids. And, no, but it's a really big problem yeah. for me. I, I hate see that. that. I, I hate that. People will say, oh, she must be, you know, he oh, must be taking he, care of yeah. her. Or when we moved into this house, what did your husband do? Right. And I'm like, mm, like, actually, I'm kind of successful as well, but okay. I, I mean, I might not have been doing what I'm doing as long as he has, but, but still. at the same time, right. I'm making what I'm making with picking up my kids and taking them oh, to school absolutely. and doing the hair and doing the homework and still having time and cooking and yep. doing all that other stuff. On top of your business. Right. <laughs> like, and that's and still trying to grow. That's so why do you have to question what my husband does? Like what? That's just. And I know she didn't mean it. And I know that people don't mean it in a facetious way. Let me say that. I don't think they're meaning it as in, no, I, I know you ain't making shit, so no. like, what the fuck is he doing? It's ignorance, though. Right. It's just ignorance of what you've been taught. Like, right. If a woman's at home, it's because a man is providing. Right. And even if, if you could switch it, because mm-hmm. if the man was at home and you were out providing, it would be the same thing for them. Like, right. oh, well, what's he like, you know? Right. That's his sugar mama. Or right. That, you know? It's, yeah, it's, same. It's, yeah, it's, you right. can reverse it. But that would piss me off, too, because you yeah. work damn hard. And but I'm like, oh. If I didn't know you. And I would have saw this house too. I might have said something. 
Like, like geez, what the girl, fuck does he what's do? It, what's he do? Where's he work at? Like, is he hiring? I just want to say my house is modest, though, right? Um, <laughs> okay, I have five people living in the house and a dog. It's big enough for that, but yeah. Yes, but I guess what, what I came from, though. No, that was no. I, that house, the house we had before that was. I think it was super beautiful, but this house is very like you know. <laughs> Magazine ish, you know, like really? Yeah, this is the house. Well, it's a I love the fresh house. house, like, yeah, it and it's you know, this is something that you would build if you yeah. were trying to build a home. It has okay. all the like you know, bells and whistles. I told you, I just saw on your bathroom wall the, the thermometer thing. Like, is that is this a what's that called? A bidet toilet? Like, is this because <laughs> I push this button, I get warm water on the bathroom? Like, I almost tried it, so I almost burned you guys okay. out because no, I was gonna no, turn no. it up, but like. Okay. Yo, this is a beautiful house. So I probably would have said the same thing. Like, wow, okay, she's you must be, you know. Yeah, I can see that. I could, that would be my first probably fight. Right. Now if you didn't know me before. If I found out, yes, and, and when I and when I found out how successful you are with your business, I wouldn't have been shocked. Like people uh, are like, when I say like I have a master, I wouldn't go, really, girl. No, uh, okay. I'd have been like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, that but, makes me feel better. Yeah, but, no, I. Yeah, but I'm just saying it still house. fucking pisses me off. It's a beautiful house. Okay, thank you. I'll I mean, how, how pissed can you get? And you go on your patio, and then you uh, have a drink on your patio, and then you Ooh. cool off a little bit <laughs> on your beautiful patio. Like I'm so done with you today. I'm just saying, Jesus. She's like, it pisses me off. And then I have to go in my bathroom in my big spa jacuzzi and cool off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. I just take like one bath in there. Really? Yes, because I don't want to clean it. There. Oh yeah. I don't want to clean it, and then the bubbles and stuff. Like when you hit the button and it does the little jet thing. Yeah, but the thing is, is like like mold can build in there, and you know how I am about sanitation. Yeah, and true. so like I refuse to get in there because I'm like, no, what if true. like I didn't clean it well the first time, and now I'm yeah. like swimming in like six month like no, shampoo. That happened to me before in a in my jacuzzi where I don't have one now, but it's previous I did. I put the water in there and then I turned the jets on and like some like a little bit of brown something yes, out. Yes. Thought, I got a bowl of like I jumped out of that thing. <laughs> so, oh girl, I was I jumped out of there and almost took a shower in bleach. Like I was terrified I was gonna die. See? Yeah, that's so what I'm it. saying. I don't get it and then I don't want to sh- clean it out. So. And then the glass shower. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, see? I I mean it's, it's nice a beautiful to have. House. Okay. Beautiful Thank you. House. Thank you. Like, but I'm not a, I'm not about the bathroom. But it's a house that you both acquired because you work your ass off too. Yeah, true. People should know that. Wear a shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> he didn't do this. We did this. Oh, maybe I need to get that. Right. Like maybe that should be like yeah. a thing. And then have it. an arrow, have an arrow pointed to him, and then he has a shirt on to this. Says she did this. Oh yeah. The arrow point to you, <laughs> giving you all the credit. But no, seriously, like I'm still alive. <laughs> right. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so glad he doesn't listen to my podcast. Oh good, he doesn't. No, I think he listened to the first couple episodes and then I think he was like, okay, okay. I get it. You're over it. That's like, fine. Yeah. I okay, think he was like, let's I get, get it. real raw then. Since he's not <laughs> let's really right. talk about Let's some really shit. peel this onion back. Okay. <laughs> All right. In that case, are you a taker or a giver in the bedroom? Uh a thousand percent taker. Really? So Girl, you want to be serviced? You I, want to be fucked? Uh, absolutely. Why? Like lazy. I think I'm lazy. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, I got four kids, girl. My hips are. Like, <laughs> I'm not about that whole like swinging thing, and I, I'm not. I, I can't. I can't do all that. There's there. <laughs> there is a show out there that sex sent me to the ER. So oh yeah. I will never be on that <laughs> for like my knee popping out, you know, or some crap. Like, but it's a. It's a. It's a it's possibility. A it's a thing. If you're writing, or like, are you yeah. just like, do you suck dick? Mm, I 
yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm married, so I have to take her to the team. But well, wait, wait, what? So like, because you're married, you automatically have to suck dick? Not because you're married, but I'm just saying, if you want to stay married, it's probably good that every now and then you do. Come. Really? Yes. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there are women, I guess that I mean, oh god, my mom doesn't listen to this, but like, my mom, you know, she thinks it's the most vile thing ever in right. her life because right. she's like when I had made a comment about like well you know it's normal she goes oh and then what's next you stick it in your ear I'm like no <laughs> no like that's it that's the extent of my oh so you know older people I don't think ever really did experience that so I know it's possible they've been married 50 years oh my god I'm gonna pee but that was her reaction like she was so disgusted by even saying you would put that in your mouth yeah so you know mm-hmm. well I, does he go down on you then oh Oh, she crushed him on my dad. I'll say, what? <laughs> no. Um, yes, of course. Yes. Okay. No, that's a must. Like, does he like it? I don't know. I probably. <laughs> you never ask? Or does he care. like? Oh, Yeah, okay. I don't care if you like it or not. There's a lot of things I do that I don't like. True. Lots. So, I take one for the team. And I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, and I maybe I'm going through a phase right now, too, because I don't know. Like, I'm just not really like a sexually energized anymore like mm-hmm. you know like 30s 20s i enjoy maybe you know in a marriage doing that kind of thing but now i'm kind of like all right let's you know we, we know it has to be done right and you know it's part of for me pleasing your husband like you know yeah. there's compromises like right could i go the next 10 years without ever second one probably yeah and be just fine with it right but could he probably not and you know you know, men get attitudes and stuff. Like they'll, yeah. I they literally do. have seen that, like a like a PMS kind of thing. Where it's yeah, like, they do. I think men do have PMS. What's wrong? Is it really like a blue ball thing? Like you get blue ball syndrome, when like <laughs> if you go too long of a period, like men will start to act out like little girls. Like yeah, just, you know, argumentative, like just for no reason. I'm like, like oh, uh, it's been a couple days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Let me handle that for you. Yeah, hurry up. What time is it? The kids are still in the other room watching movies. Like time. Let's hurry up. <laughs> I'm in the middle of watching Snapped, but I guess I'll pause it. Thanks. You know. I love that show. Uh, it's my favorite. <laughs> Snapped. It's and... like the Bible for women yes. to get away with murder. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, like, try me. And he knows mm-hmm. it. Like, I know what not to do because everybody I'm watching mm-hmm. got caught. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you, you, oh my God, girl. I've yeah. some stuff. There's this movie on Amazon called um, Home Sweet Hell. Oh, I watched it. Did you not like kind of like I resonate her. with her? I loved her. Right? She to me now that would be a persona in pup in the movie that I would want. Like she like, was a boss. She was my person. Oh, she was so put together. It was such a, a coward. coward at the end the way he did her. Like, you know what? You're such a yeah, but I get, I get it, I get it. Like, but she was her daughter. Her daughter was definitely trying Turned to be her. like her. Yeah, and, and she I was get what she had to. They had to do the whole little sun scene, so you had sympathy for yeah. her. So you had because at first I was like, well, geez, you know, I kind of yeah. wanted her to get something to happen at the end. Yeah, but throughout the movie, her composure. Yes, you know, I don't want to spill the beans on right. if nobody's watched it, but like her composure at all the crazy stuff she was doing, like I admired that. I was right. like, God, you could still smile right after that. Yes. And, and but my thing was is that she reminds me of you a little bit actually. I know it was weird the because goal she book. yes she had the goal yeah. book and she's like let's look at our goals oh my god let's that do issue. this yes and then, she, and then she goes and we learned this on first 48 and I was like ah oh my god 
I think this, I was like, Brandon, did you write this movie? Right. Did you have input? They asked you because that's Christine. She was like you. Yes. That gold everything. everything. Everything is so organized. And if I organized. feel like if I were to kill someone, that's exactly how I would be. I don't know if I would like freak out. Like, I think I would freak out for like the first five seconds. But and I was, and it would have never been my alignment. No, I don't know. God, no. But I think I would have kept it together until it was over. And then after, I would have broke down. Yeah. Like, we got to do what we got to do right now in order for us, for this to go away. Just in order for to get to the next page of this goal book. Right. This has to, to happen. happen. Yes. We sorry. have to. Not I don't, sorry. We're not going to tell what happened in the movie. But, but no, yeah. Yes. I can see that. And so I can see, and then like once it was done and we're on to the next section, then I would probably break down and like go to therapy for the rest of my life or gel. Unless, it, right, right. <laughs> or gel. Unless, but, unless you do like her. Right. And but unless to something that's not in your plan of the goal book didn't happen again. So then you have yeah. to, once again, mm-hmm. re, you know, reboot and mm-hmm. start over yeah. just to make sure that these goals are met. That yes. is totally you. Yeah. Like I, I resonated I with that. her way too much. That gold book, way did it. too much. Even the person, like the um, personality, a little bit mm-hmm. when you're kind of like when you're pissed, but you still like okay, nope. you know, and your eyes kind of get big and you still keep, keep you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. so it's like a crazy look. Yeah. Like she's smiling, but I think she's killed me in her eyes. Like she's literally stabbing me right now, but she's smiling at my face she was she was like, whoa yeah that's I little, know I, I saw myself yeah so I, I saw myself and pause and screenshots too like, much and then like the stuff in the trailer home when she went to the trailer home oh girl that was some like I we oh, were girl. watching it and the girl screaming and I'm like oh why didn't she just kill her why and she just <laughs> shut up right and then she literally like oh god here you are oh my god and Bernie was like this Oh no, <laughs> that is so true. And I know that. I mean, of course, like I, I like the fact of taking someone's life freaks me the fuck out. But I feel like <laughs> if I was to do yes, it, yes, this would be. If she screams too much, it pisses me off. Right to the point that I would get like, if, especially if I'm already in the situation yeah. where I'm killing people. Right, like what's one more that's getting on my nerves? Especially if she's screaming <laughs> and she's not following the plan. Like you weren't even supposed to be here. So let me just eliminate you out this whole day. You were not yes, right. Yes. But I could totally seem like, oh God, are you gonna keep crying? <laughs> Jeez. Just, I don't know why I don't have any sympathy. Like I don't I don't do well with those things. But I'm not good with sympathy either. Mm-mm. No, in general. No. Like I have sympathy for certain things like abuse of elderly and kids. Yeah. Is a big one for me. But then mm-hmm. pretty much everything in between is like, eh. Yeah, I Hard don't, knocks. and I don't like when people do the pity parties. Like yeah. for me, I need you. You get your five minutes. You cry about it. Right. You get over it, and we move on. Right. But when people sulk and like, oh, I just don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh, especially if it's God. something that they keep doing yeah. to themselves over and over, like the same thing. Yeah, you just haven't learned that lesson. It drives me crazy. Right. Right. And I, I don't. don't like pity parties. And I, when people don't like pain. That bothers me, what? and not, and I'm not talking about like physical pain. Oh, well, I mean, like, what? Let me take that back. Like, I shouldn't say pain. Uncomfortableness. Okay. When someone doesn't like to um, be uncomfortable, and that's why they don't move forward. Right. And it's like when you work out, you have to, right. you have to run. Like you have to burn those calories in order to get to where you, you need to be. Yeah. But when people are like, "Oh, I was sore yesterday, so right. I just stopped." Like to me, that's like. Right. No, the fact that you were sore means that you have to do it again. Right. Right. 
Or if I put, you know, uh, what's another one? Um, That's true. When like for me, it's like massage. When people are like, "Oh, I just like soft, gentle massages. My neck hurts or my back hurts." Well, this is you know, this was yeah. like ten years ago, ten, you know, ten, twelve years ago. And I'm like, then why be here? Like, go, yes, like, go sit in a massage chair right. or go, like, who wants a gentle massage? Right. Your back is still going to hurt. You're not getting out the acid. Right. Like, I can go down the list of the right. things that were right. bothering me. And I'm like. And I don't have a for you. Right. right. Like, I'm not the person for you to No, do I'm this. big like that. And even my kids are like, I feel bad sometimes because even I'm like that with them. Like, I, but I won't pity party them. Like, Mm-mm. you can come to me with the worst of worst. And I'm like. Okay, suck it up, Buttercup. Let's right, move on. Right. You know, what's plan B? That's fine. But right. I'm not good at sympathy either. It really I can me validate off. people's feelings. That doesn't bother me. Like to, to be like, yeah, I can see where that would be hard. Or yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. I, I that doesn't bother me. But after this conversation, right, it will bother me. Yes, still have the same. <laughs> right, like, and it doesn't. And I true. know, I know that like there's other things that are deeper. But, yeah, you know, but like still. I think, and too, with my profession, I'm such a logical thinker. So to mm. me, if you should not be feeling this way, if, if your reaction does not equal what the action is, like, I, do, I can't, I'm you not. don't comprehend it. I don't, and I'm not good at, like, understanding. Oh, I, okay, I know why you feel, I don't know why you feel that way. It doesn't make any damn sense to me. You shouldn't be feeling this way. Look at the facts. You know, it's kind of like exhibit A, like, look at the facts. Why the hell are you crying? You just cheat on you 15 fucking times. And you're sitting there crying about losing them. You know, like why? It's to me, it's just logically, if it doesn't make sense, I can't even sympathize with how you're feeling. I just, it doesn't make sense. Hi, I'm Christine Barr, and I'm super excited to tell you about this new thing that I'm starting and that I'm offering to my listeners. It is called the sponsorship of You Gotta Meet Her podcast. Are you a small business that wants to reach others with your podcast or your products or your services or even retail? I am now pleased to offer small business sponsorship where you can now be heard around the world for a small fee. Give me all the details of your business and I will promote you as a sponsor. Are you local? Are you black owned? Are you eco-friendly? Are you organic? Or maybe you're a puppet master in Tennessee that needs the world to find their trade and they just don't know how to get the word out. Well, let me help you with a small business sponsorship. You can connect with me on Facebook Messenger, Christine Barr, and Barr is spelled B-A-H-E, and we can set up a wonderful sponsorship for you that one is affordable, one that helps you connect with others that are listening to this podcast. Again, it is the small business sponsorship of You Gotta Meet Her podcast, and we will get you heard all around the world. Hi, Christine Barr here. I wanted to give out a shout out to one of our sponsors, Rags for Ransom Boutique, owned by Bridget Kingsbury. 
Does that sound kind of familiar? Of course it does, because she's been on our podcast, episode 17 of season one. So you already know Bridget, but let's talk about her boutique. If you're looking for uplifting messages and feeling like women empowerment all the way through your clothes, please check her out on Facebook, Rags for Ransom Boutique. You'll love everything that you see on there from the pre-sales to the engagement that the women have and the uplifting message. I know for me, I love when I wear something and I get compliments, but I continue to get compliments every time I wear it. That is what her clothes do for your wardrobe. They are timeless pieces that you can just wear and wear and wear and know that you are put together. Also, if you do feel a little bit stagnant in your wardrobe, you can go and send her a picture and she will help you find out how to put an outfit together with it, with things that you already have in your closet. Or it might even be a piece that you love from her boutique and you just don't know how to wear it. It's like having Pinterest and the homegirl be your personal stylist all at the same time. And we all need both of those things. Let's be honest. Please go check out Rags for Ransom Boutique. Every woman, every size, every style, for every day. Yeah, I totally understand that. Okay, last, um, no, we're not the last. Um, so friendships, let's talk about that. Okay. How, let's talk about your girl friendships. I have very close girl friendships. Um, I have, so I think I have like a total, I mean, I have like, you know, of course you have girls that like are like your best friends, friends that, yeah. you know, like my, and of course my circle of friendship has gotten a lot smaller as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. which is definitely a good thing for me. Um, I've kind of weeded out the people that I, you know, I'm not, I'm 40. So at this point, if, if you're not in my life and you're probably not going to be on my life for the second half. Right. Um, if. I don't, so I have my best friend, Ebony. She's also an Ebony. Wow. Yeah. And we were roommates at Ball State. Never met each other. I don't know if they just saw two black Ebony's or like them in the same room. Or maybe they thought you were one person and. Well, hers, she's a wide on an I. So oh, they're wow. even spelled differently. Hmm. It was crazy. And we were roommates at Ball State. So we've been best friends ever since. Yeah. Um, and then I also have a best friend named um, Danisha. And she lives in Indiana too. And I met her actually through my cousin. So I kind of grew up with her. I met her first when I was like 12, 13, when I would mm-hmm. visit Indiana, um, visit my grandmother and all my family from California. She's she's from Indianapolis. And then I also, but my oldest best friend is um, my friend Chanel, and she lives in D.C. now, but we grew up together in California. She lived in Oxnard, California, and I lived in Thousand Oaks, like 30 minutes apart. But um, we went to the same, we grew up in the same church. Mm-hmm. And um, although... She was wild. They all get out. Like, she was yeah. the only person my mom would let me hang around, which is crazy. Because really? us together were like, oh, girl, we were just off crazy off the hook. Like, we went to a church convention one time, and we were probably, like, 12, 11. Mm-hmm. And her grandparents who raised her, uh, he was an assistant pastor, and her grandmother, who I love dearly, was um, our Sunday school teacher growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. And for some reason, they allowed us to have our own hotel room. <laughs> 
next to theirs. It's just crazy. They were older, you know, whatever. Yeah, they were like, trying to share with y'all. Yeah, but pretty much, I guess not, <laughs> right? And we like, cause this is at a church convention. We cleared out the mini bar. Oh, and then filled it back up with water, like all the vodka bottles with water. We were, we, you know, like hit the, um, push the window or the screen out of the window. We're on like the 20th floor and we're throwing pizza boxes in the pool and like, oh yeah, girl, like it was big. Like the whole security came up there. Like, so we were like wild together, but it was crazy because right. her grandparents and my parents only trusted us to be around right, each other. But you guys were the worst. We were the worst. Yes. We were, we were into everything. And, um, She's like my oldest, dearest friend. Like she was the only person that I was allowed to like spend the night over her house. Mm, she, it was yeah. just her. Yeah. And it's crazy too because, um, not to get on a tangent, but her, um, she lived in Oxnard. Oxnard was, I think, even back then, and still now, like predominantly like uh, Latina and Black. You know. Okay, yeah. And um, Thousand Oaks is not. I mean, Thousand Oaks. Even now, when I tell people I'm from Thousand Oaks, they go, "Oh, really?" You know, and they kind of do that whole surprise thing again, too. Like, yeah. And I went to definitely ninety eight percent. Is it upper upper class? Definitely. Okay. So Heather Lockler graduated from the high school I went to. Oh, okay. Not when I went, but you know, you know, and I had you growing up in Thousand Oaks, you would see celebrities like Will Smith who lived in Westlake, and you would see other, you know, Sylvester Stallone's daughter went to my school. You know, it was a public school, but it was still. Definitely Thousand Oaks. That's where Kobe Bryant's um, camp is. The camp oh, okay, okay. So it's definitely a predominantly, it's, it's, it's definitely a well-off area. Yeah. Um, but my parents, like I said, my mom was always grounding and keeping us around our culture. So even though we went to like an all-like public school, we would go to church. We grew, I grew up in a church called St. Paul Baptist Church in Oxnard, California, which is 30 minutes uh, down the hill. So I grew up, you know, um, around like a Southern Baptist church around, mm-hmm. you know, kids that look like me. Um, so me and Chanel clicked from day one and like we've been, I just actually saw her this year in March for the first time in like 10 years, but we still talk like, you know, we talk, we're almost even like virtually in the birth, like the rooms when we have kids, you know, we've definitely never been apart, um, in our lives, but physically I hadn't seen her for 10 years. So how do you make friends now? I don't. Okay. You know, it's by pure circumstance, like how I became friends with you, you know, like I don't. I don't make friends now. Usually anybody that I'm friends with now, it's usually either through business, how it starts, or through, like, my kids' activities. Mm. So it's like, you know, my kids, you know, my sons, the other football moms that I've, you know, grown close to, the other softball moms, my daughter's team. Mm-hmm. It's usually just involves around my, either my work, business, or my kids activities kids activities okay. that's that's literally how I've made every friend as, as an adult pretty much so when you're looking for a friend are you looking for morals or characteristics characteristics Ooh, why because uh, oh that's a that's kind of a hard one actually because of course you have to have some of the same morals I have but I'm really, I'm very non-judgmental when it comes to, like, what people, what their own belief is and what Mm -hmm. they think, you know. If you morally think it's okay to be a whore, I'm all for it, you know. Like, this so you can be. Right. I'm not here to tell you not to do that. Right. Now, as far as I'm concerned, morally, I would have a problem with that. But I think characteristics, because to me, um, your characteristics and who, who you've become including like past experiences or even present just to basically form who you are as a person and you know whether you're nice happy or you're like a wimp whiny whatever those really determine if I can be around you like those kind of things are like 
deal like I have big deal breakers. Like if you're if you're whiny, deal breaker. Yeah, like, same. Automatically, I you might be a great person inside, but I cannot deal with you because it's gonna be a matter of time before I cuss you out <laughs> when you get on my nerves for whining, you know? Yeah. Or if you're too opinionated to me sometimes, like mm-hmm. you have an opinion about every single thing and I feel like And then throw it against you. I, yeah. yeah. Or or if you're judgy mm-hmm. too, you know. So I think characteristics at this point in my life, because usually if you've been living your life as best as you can to your ability and surround yourself with people um, that kind of believe in the same things you believe as far as being a good mother or whatever, right. usually the morals are there because right. you guys have that in common to begin with. But your characteristics can make me absolutely never call you back. Yeah. You know, right. like, I, yeah, I cannot stand a person that constantly has, like, excuses. You know, mm. I can't stand excuses. Mm. Um, and I don't, I don't like women that want pity or attention, mm-hmm. you know, for being the underdog and want pity for it. Like it bothers me. I've had to Can work you explain so, that for me? You know, I have so I've had to work so hard, so, so hard and put up with so much stuff in my life to even get to where I'm at in my career, which to me is still behind to where I probably should be. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thankful and grateful for where I'm at right now in my career, but like I probably should have hit this mark ten years ago and I, who knows where I would have been now. But yeah. um it's been a very hard experience for me, especially being educated. But still going against stereotypes. Um, so a lot of people don't know that professionally, I actually go by my middle name, which is Michelle, not Ebony. Um, and I've done that for the past eight, nine years after I graduated from grad school. I um, would send out, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I got a master's degree. So the, the floodgates are coming on to me. But I would send my resume out and I wouldn't get anything. You know, I'm like, I've been at the same job for six years working for the public defenders agency for, you know, major, major uh, felony division. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm accomplished. I've just got my master's degree in business. Like I was getting no hits. I took Ebony off and just put Michelle or E dot Michelle. And you would have thought like my phone just got reconnected. Like, I mean, I had offers nonstop. So it's hard to get on a job, interview for a job. I feel like my mom kind of always taught me like, once you meet me and then tell me no, that's fine. Right. But you can't tell me no before you even meet me. You know, you can't shut me out before you even give me the opportunity um, to at least say no. That's not what I want. So I just, I've always been the kind of person like, if you let me get my foot in that door, then it's mine. Then answer. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. mine. Yeah. Oh, you, I got you. So in, to get my foot in the door, I had to go by Michelle. Mm-hmm. And when they would meet me, it wouldn't be like a oh, oh, you know, shop like that. But still, at least I got the face-to-face interview with you, and usually got the job. So, I once you start the job, you can't say. By the way, nobody calls me Michelle. My name's Ed. <laughs> right. You know. Now they right. know that's my legal name because it's on my documents. You know, when I put my tax up. But like, right. I can't say don't call me that after you already made a plaque with my name Michelle <laughs> on it. You know. So I had to kind of get used to that, and that has been a struggle for me. Um, to that's that's been really hard for like ten years to have everybody on, and only in you know your corporation call you Michelle, but anybody else outside in your life that means a damn to you calls you Ebony because that's who you really are. Right. So it's almost like two different personalities. I had to be Michelle and Ebony, you know. So I've I don't pity. I hate when a woman will just you know um, I hate when they want sympathy or when they expect things expect to be rewarded for things without putting in the work. And just based off because you're the underdog, you know, I feel like you, if you really have that gut to survive and that, that 
passion just to be successful or just be anything, anything you do, you don't have time to sit and wallow in your own pity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it sucks that I've had to go by Michelle for 10 years, but I also don't think it sucks that I've been promoted three times as Michelle, you know? Right. Like, so for me, for a woman to constantly use it as a crutch, you know, like, right. well, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. No. Right. If, you, if that doesn't work, try another avenue. It may not be the avenue you want. And to me, it goes against everything that I believe in because I love my name, mm-hmm. but it's a different avenue to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. So you have to get it by any means necessary. So I, I, I don't, when it comes to women wanting that pity and, you know, woe is me and I can't, I can't, I can't, and how can I do it? I, I, it just makes me nauseous to my stomach. Do you think that is nurture or nature? Mm, that mindset? Both. Yeah. It's same. both. I, I come from my mom. My mom was a civil rights activist. She marched with MLK. Like, there's nothing but fighting that woman. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think um, she nurtured me to grow up, growing up to, A, not take shit from anybody and not take no for an answer. Right. And I think that was the environment I was taught. You know, there's pretty much nothing that I can't do. Right. There's just different ways of getting to it. Right. And until you figure out that way, keep trying. Right. So I think it's both. I think it is both. Because I, I feel like sometimes I, I, I'm on that line. Yeah. Because... I feel like when they're like, oh, I'm um, a woman boss. Like, no, yeah. I'm just a boss. Boss, right. Or like the first black female to do blah. No, she's just, she just beat everybody else's record. Right. Like, we don't need right. to say the, the descriptive of right. it. But at the same time, I'm like, but it is kind of history breaking that someone of these of this of this caliber that would normally not be able to do this Does be it. able to do right. it when it's not heard of. Right. And then I'm like, well, I have a podcast for women about women and our women's lives. Right. But it's also to empower us right. to say just because I'm a woman doesn't mean right. anything. Right. And I'm also not alone. Absolutely. As a woman in right. this category right. of what we're going through called life. And that's big. That's huge. Right. But I, I just like, how do I say, don't label me as a woman, but yet, you, you know, I, it's just a fine yeah, line. You, it is. You know, and I'm not, I'm not going on. Labels hurt. Right. But then they're also helpful. Yeah. You know, because I do think it's big if you are the first of something to accomplish something. Yeah. Like, you better put that on mine. Like, right. you know, first, you know, whatever. If I could be an astronaut, first black astronaut <laughs> with four kids. Gonna, right. I don't get every label that you can put on me. First black mother, <laughs> big butt, astronaut. Like, every label that you can put on me, you better include that in the description because that's everything that made it, you right, know? Right. So I do agree. but Included. I think, included. But I do think we get caught up too much on labels, you yeah. know? Oh, and that, yeah. And it just divides us more than it, it brings us together. It mm-hmm. definitely divides us because yeah. it doesn't just become about women. It comes about, you know, different cultures of women. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely divides us more than it helps us. It's, the right. labels are right. definitely more hurtful than helpful. But right. I do think at times they're necessary. If you are, you know, groundbreaking or... Mm-hmm. Um, it does make a difference, you know, if you are yeah. the first person in this industry to accomplish that, especially when you're doing stuff that normally goes against um, the normal brain, you know, the, yeah. you know, I, at my job, I don't think they were used to, you know, I was only African American that worked there. Weren't you like the only female working there for a while? No, not female. Uh, the the only were... black oh, yeah. person yeah, sorry, sorry, there sorry, for sorry. years. Okay. And then maybe four or five years in, they started hiring different um, other black people, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I didn't want to say other ethnicities. It was just black. <laughs> um, 
you know, I was there by myself and I had to go through some serious crap, you know, very mm-hmm. serious crap. Um, mm-hmm. Being the only black person there and going against stereotypes, I never forget. I got a speeding ticket and walked to my office one day and said, I just got a speeding ticket, you know, shit. And I won't mention names, but, you know, the person said, that's not why you got that ticket. You got a DWB. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And that's a DWI? And they're like, right. no. And then they said, no, you drive by black. And I'm like, oh, this is just made this awkward as my, I'm in a, uh, you know, conference room full of white people, and a white person says that to me that I got a ticket because I was driving while black. I'm like, how the hell do I handle? How does Michelle handle this one? <laughs> I know Ebony would have cussed her out a long time ago. But like, who the fuck are you talking to? And she said but, this to your face. It was a woman. Yes, in front of people. In front oh. of people, and I was like, that was some boldness. But they weren't you. I guess a yeah. lot of people that weren't used to working around. Yeah. A black woman. So I had to do a whole lot. Like so a lot of times people, like some girls from my job now that I'm friends with, they'll say like, you're like the hidden figure, you know, like mm-hmm. you kind of set the tone. I had to literally like be non-aggressive. I mean, completely the opposite of angry. Everything had to be like picture perfect going against stereotypes because they there was nothing else in there. And I was kind of the first introduction. <laughs> To, yeah, to, you know, to their cult for that culture, absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't want it to be a bad experience to where they I put a bad taste in their mouth. So. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of pressure to hold on oh, for girl. other people. It's a lot of pressure answering by a name you don't answer by for the first couple months. <laughs> Do you understand how many times I would walk by people? They're like Michelle. And I'm like walking by. They're like Michelle. I'm like, oh yes, yes. Hey, hey, me. You're right. talking about me, right? Okay. And one time I even like introduce somebody I, they were i was being introduced to someone and they're like i was like hi michelle I'm michelle i mean hi becky i'm michelle you know i had to like literally reverse it and then yeah the hr director at that time she goes so do you want to go by michelle? <laughs> i didn't have the heart to tell her not really but don't change my business cards right know? like so, it's already here i'm used to it now yeah it was crazy though this is just real quick this is yeah. so crazy i always love my name but it's so funny because Black culture has always made fun of. Like I've been made fun of by black people for having the name Ebony. Really? Why? Yes, because I I always get the comment, "What's your light skin? You ain't black, uh, you know." Because you know Ebony Wood is beautiful black wood. Right, you know, right. the keys on the piano, beautiful right. black. And they look at me and they're like, "Oh, you're yellow. You're not black. You yeah. know why is your name Ebony? You know." And I'm I always like, <laughs> felt like not black enough to have that name. Yeah, no. But then had to take the name off. Mm. you know, to get hired on so they wouldn't know I was black. Yeah. So it was like, I was damned if I do, damned if I don't. I was yeah. made fun of for having the name and not being black enough. Within but then, your own community. Within your own community. Yeah. But then I was too black to have the name because they wouldn't even call me back knowing I was black. Right. And, you know, corporate America. So it was like I was caught in between both. Like, mm-hmm. and I definitely would have never changed my name just because, you know, the black community said jokes about me not being black enough. Right. But... Um, that I, that didn't bother me to the point where I would change my name and go by Michelle. Like screw you, right? Don't call me Ebony, regardless. I'll, <laughs> I'll show you how. But you know, in the corporation, it was harder for me to do that because it was almost kind of like I was turning my back on who I was. Mm. But then I thought it's a name. Right. I'm still Ebony when I leave this damn building. Right. But guess who signed? But guess what that check says? Right. Exactly. Michelle. That's all guess I care. Cash in it. <laughs> right. It's still green if Ebony or Michelle cash in. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and just. Swallow my pride on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Are you ready for your quick, your Spitfire question? I'm ready. Favorite color? Purple. Favorite book? Any book that I can get past the first chapter, which has been none in 20 years. (laughs) 
I have four kids, girl. Who got time to read books? Um, <laughs> but do our saver. Total saver. Democrat or Republican? Neither. Uh, neither. Individual. Okay. Uh, good girl, bad girl? Uh, bad girl, gone good. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Um, what's your natural hair color? Actually, it's gray. It's really? Gray. I started graying prematurely at 14. So my hair, I was salt and pepper by 20. So I've had to dye my hair black every single month since I was 20 years old. And now it's two let, times why, a month. Why don't you let it go? I ain't, I ain't embraced that part yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> or get like gray highlights in it. Well, the process is bad though. Because uh, you have to let the black yeah, grow out. And it's like right now it grows out yellow, oh. no white. Like it's not a pretty process. So if I could just strip it and be gray, I would totally do okay. it. Okay. But the process, I'm not here for the process. I yeah, it. it's too much. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Do going you color it yourself? Yep. Oh. Every wow. two weeks now. Oh, okay. Who's your role model? Oof. Oh, God. Um, I could totally say the normal sappy stuff. My parents, my mom, whatever. You know, if you're a parent that's worth a damn, then it should be your kids. That You know, but honestly, um, I mean, my parents are definitely my role models. You know, but yeah. that's because, you know, they've raised moi. <laughs> Hello. But I don't really have one. Okay. Myself. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Are you spiritual or religious? Religious. Queso or guac? You automatically get salsa. It's a given. So queso or guac. Is it white queso or yellow? Yes! <laughs> Best question! Best question to the question. Right. What color is the queso? It depends. Um, well, I mean, which one do you prefer? White. Okay, so you'll take white queso over guac? Yes. Okay. Yellow Same. queso? No. Thank I'll take you. guac. Thank you. Right. Okay. Plastic surgery. Do you have any? No, but I would totally love to. What are you going to get done? Um, a tummy tuck, because, you know, I've, I've had four C-sections, so it's a little rough. Um, a tummy tuck, and I would probably, you know, I, would, I wouldn't do a boob job, really. Uh, yeah, I guess I would. I've also nursed four kids, so they've sucked the life out of them. So, yeah, I think I would get a boob yeah. job. Nothing so like, on my face. So, like a mo- mommy makeover. Yeah, totally. But I would not touch my face. Now, Botox, yes. or hey. Yeah, I would do that. And I'm thinking about getting surgery for my eye bags, but, like, I probably wouldn't touch, like, I wouldn't do chin or, I mean, yeah. now, now, today I wouldn't do that. Ten years from now, if stuff starts going south, I have no problem with, you know, facelift, chin lift. <laughs> you would just do it. If I have the money, the means to, whatever's necessary, yep. Yeah. But I, but the first thing I would get is a tummy tuck for damn sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. You know, I'm here for it. Is there anything that you want to say to the listener that we haven't covered yet? God, no, you're so good. You cover every single thing <laughs> of my life that I didn't even think I was going to cover. Like, the questions are amazing. I'm like, I can't even think of anything. Um, God, no. Like, you know what? People just be, actually, just be nice. That's what I want to say about, like, today. Just be nice right now. Like, this is a very trying time for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I've, I've found that, you know, I'm kind of, I'm totally a loner if I could be one. Um, I just can't be one because I have kids. So you can't even go to the bathroom, you know, by yourself. But, um. I've reached out to certain people like that I normally would have never talked to mm-hmm. um, just to kind of check in on them or whatever. And people are, are struggling more than people un, un, really truly understand. And I'm not even saying financially, more mentally. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, I haven't hugged my parents in three months, you know, like I can't imagine being 80 years old right now thinking, is this how I'm going to die? Like mm-hmm. in my house quarantine, you know? Yeah. So just people need to just to learn how to be nice. I was at um, Eatsy's. Other mm-hmm, day, yeah. one of my favorite grocery stores. And I'm going through line, this guy, you know, just a nice guy. 
I thought I kind of cut in front of the line in front of him. And I said, I'm sorry, did I cut in front of you? He said, no, but can I ask you a question? And I was thinking, oh God, yeah. He goes, may I? And he pointed to my cart and I'm like, I had just got like a, you know, salad. I'm like thinking, man, you, you want some of my salad, dude? Like, <laughs> man, you what? And he was like, can I buy your groceries? This is an Etsy's. And I'm like, huh? He said, I just, I just want to buy your groceries. And I said, okay. You know, the, the, yeah. so the skeptic me, I'm like, with what yes. strings attached? Like, right. I'm not selling my offspring and you're not taking me underground. Like, what do you want from me? And he was like, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit moves me to do something, I do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, hold on. Let me run back and get some steaks. Right, exactly. That's the Holy Spirit just told me to get. You know, but no, I didn't. I was like, well, sure. I'm not going to block, you know, yeah. how you want to bless someone. Right. It's uncomfortable a little bit for me right. for somebody to buy my groceries, but like, whatever. But people were just being kind. Like that, even How did though that I touch you. I, I it did touch me. And yeah. I, I went to the store with one mindset of just getting what I need to get. And I was actually buying food for my parents so they didn't have to prepare stuff. They can just, you know, throw it in the oven. Right. So I went in there thinking in my mindset, I'm doing something for my parents, but I came out being completely blessed for mm. myself to know that, you know, that humanity was still out there. Like people were still people still gave a damn, you mm-hmm. know? Like he didn't have to do that. His total came to $12. When he finished mine, it was like $89. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. And it wasn't about the money probably for him, but it just kind of restored my faith in knowing, okay, you know, people are still kind. You know, it's hard to know if people are still kind because we're all behind closed doors and masks. So you can't even read a patient's, a person's facial expression and know mm-hmm. what they're about. But that would be my main thing. Like, take away, just be kind, reach out to people, um, be very conscious of what you say right now to people, you know. You don't know if you can say something that can truly make or break them at this point, because I think a lot of people are real fragile at this point. Just be kind, be kind. Don't be an asshole, you know, just it's very simple. There's good people in the world and there's everybody else, you know, try your best to be one of those good people. So let's talk about Ebony. I can't explain how amazing her story is to someone that hasn't heard it come from her. She has one of those stories that only she can tell. Um, There's no way (laughs) of dissecting all of the things that she has gone through and I am beyond grateful for her and show the utmost gratitude um, for her showing the side of her and being so open and going through this walk of her past. Uh, At the beginning, she talks about having four kids and she calls it a big surprise. And we all know that there are so many different kinds of blessings. And I truly believe that each one of her children was a blessing for her. Um, even though she says like she doesn't like kids. She likes making them, but she doesn't like taking care of them. Um, but I, I think that that was her drive. And as it's paralleling with season one, we talk about how children have saved us as parents. And how grateful we are to have these beautiful children in our lives because sometimes they are our wake-up call. She has so many points that I could bring out. Oh my goodness. And I want to really tell her 
and whoever is in the same situation, you are worthy. You are worth it. Take the time for yourself. With COVID being always in the front part of our brains, schooling, in person, online, whatever you're choosing, the mass situation, and then trying to still find time for ourselves when we're stuck in a home with six other people. How difficult could that be for someone? Are we giving the gratitude? Are we giving that grace to others? And are you able to show love and compassion to others during this hard time? But the question is, is can you show love and compassion for yourself? Do you take that time out for yourself in order for you to find that grace and love for yourself? She also brought out the point about having a master's degree and changing her name and how stereotype-wise she gets that, oh, you? You have a master's degree? Or, you know, you are head paralegal? And we see that throughout all of each industry. There's always going to be something that you are out of the norm, and she, she feels it. So I hope this changes someone's mind about what a master's degree looks like. And she was a single mom, killing it. I love that. I Not taking away if you are in a monogamous partnership, relationship, or marriage that you're not killing it. Let me say that. Uh, there is so many different outlooks on how we see others. And I think that... When you are single, you think if you're in a relationship, it's easier. And when you're in a relationship, you think it'd be easier if you were single. What What is making the grass greener, right? They say all the bullshit on that side is what's making the grass greener. You know, stay in your lane, fight your own fight, and love yourself. How How exciting. If you would like to see Ebony and connect with her, you will find her on our Facebook group. You got to meet her podcast on Facebook. Uh, Connect with her, see a picture, tell her how this episode changed you or that you resonated with it. Also, you can go on to our reviews on Apple Podcast or Spotify and leave us a review. Tell me what I can do better. Tell me what you love because I do appreciate getting all the great feedback. If there's someone you know that you think should be on the podcast, if there's someone that you think would tell their story honestly and purely, please reach out to me. Let me know. I will never say no to someone that wants to be on. And if you have some questions you think that I should start asking, I definitely would like to um, implement those because I am only one person and I know that y'all are listening and being like, but I want to know about this and I want to know about this. (laughs) So give me some feedback so that I can make sure that I am carrying the load evenly but effectively so that we are giving you the best content possible 
Thank you for listening. I'm Christine Barr, and I will check you on the next one.